Welcome to Cautious Optimism, an infertility podcast. We are three friends eternally bonded by our individual heartaches with infertility. Join us each week as we discuss the ups and downs that often accompany the road to parenthood. Here's to hoping for the best and being cautiously optimistic about the future. Hey guys, we're so glad to be recording today again, all three of us. So we had kind of talked about in our last episode how we would be sharing some updates and we're going to be talking about Karen and some of the stuff that's been going on with her and her family and some of the stuff that has presented challenges, some of the things that's presented exciting things and changes. So we're really excited to talk about Karen today. Yes, we are. It's always fun to talk about our dear friend, Karen. I oh, love talking about myself, you guys. It's the best. I feel like it's like pulling teeth for Karen because she's such a like selfless and loving yeah, person. Humble. That, yes. Yeah, and humble. So that when this attention's on Karen, it's she's like, guys, let's talk about something else. Yeah, right. Talking about humble. I was coaching my three-year-old Leon, who I've talked about on the podcast before, his soccer game on Saturday, three-year-old soccer. So fun. And I wasn't so humble when we lost so I was like no dang it so we need to get I don't that trophy. know how much yeah, it's a little competitive in three-year-old soccer but no thanks you guys and I can't believe the last time we recorded our personal episodes mm-hmm. we're coming up on a year I was just gonna say that actually that? that I can't believe that was what November 1st I think yes. we released the podcast so a lot has gone down in all of our lives I it's know been, yeah. I, and it was, a lot can happen in a year yeah in the COVID it was a year it was <laughs> about a year that we went to ice cream and we talked about doing this like I remember it was the summertime so yeah <laughs> craziness I think you guys had stuff. to pull my teeth there too because <laughs> I felt so insecure about talking about something that Carly and Chelsea have such deep experience with and eloquence but as we've realized ourselves in sharing our stories just how unique everyone's experience through infertility can be and how helpful it is to connect one with another and also open our eyes to not everyone experiences it the same way that I do. Mm -hmm. And so it is so helpful when everyone shares their experience, good and bad. And I know I've personally connected with listeners far and wide who share their hardships with us, but then they go on to share their success and joy through the journey. And I am so grateful for those moments when they do share joy with us because we got to, you know, celebrate with one another and hold on to that hope and lean on to someone else's hope. When oftentimes in my own journey, I was pretty hopeless myself, but it was so valuable to lean on someone else's hope and joy as they experience the highs of life and through infertility. So, yeah. This past year has been a lot of highs and lows for our family. And right now we're experiencing, oh my gosh, (laughs) gonna get emotional. (laughs) I wasn't expecting this, but it just makes you appreciate the highs so much more when you've gone through such lows. And I'm so grateful to say that we're experiencing that newborn high right now because we have a our little Luca here with us. And I'm so grateful. That might seem shocking for a lot of people to (laughs) be like, whoa, that's a big secret to keep. But 
it's hard. It's hard to know when to share, what to share. Well, and when we started recording the podcast last year, you were barely pregnant, right, Karen? So I didn't know yet. And obviously, you guys didn't know. And I think we were just a couple episodes in when I was so nervous and stressed. I mean, as good of friends as we are, there's still that anxiety of, you know, having to share those kinds of news, that kind of news that I'm pregnant, even though I in my experience, that doesn't mean a whole lot. My odds haven't been that great, but still knowing your guys' positions and stories and situations, it's scary. And it's it's always going to be a hard thing to navigate. And I do not have the right answers, but I just remember just a lot earlier than I would normally share a pregnancy. I wanted to let you guys know because of this podcast and everything going on. And I was even thinking, you know, how we kind of, I don't know, dramatize things when we don't want to be a downer. So I was thinking maybe I shouldn't be a part of this podcast. I was just second guessing everything. And when I told Carly and Chelsea, they were just, of course, so loving and excited for me. And like we've talked about where sometimes you don't know how to channel that excitement for yourself because of the PTSD, the fears, the anxieties, and just everything. Um, I leaned on their excitement and their hope and they, I have never had a pregnancy where I've had friends be a part of it at such an early point. And I'm so grateful because in the past I've chosen to keep a pregnancy to myself and many times I've gone on to lose that pregnancy and it's been very lonely. And then other times when I share and I lose the pregnancy, it's hard to have to, you know, feel other people's sadness and disappointment on top of your own. But all in all, I'm so grateful I shared with them the process and without fail, every appointment I had (laughs) several messages asking, how are you? How was everything? What did the doctor say? And just that constant cheerleader, you know, behind me just felt so, so good and a different kind of experience. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. Sometimes you want it and need it and other times you might not. And you just have to be the master of your own ship to decide like, what do I need right now? Because no one can tell you for you and no one can say like, this is how you should be feeling. You just don't know. And I was so shocked and surprised that even though I had been through a full pregnancy with Leon, I thought another full pregnancy would be so much easier because I've been there. I've done this. You almost think like I've been healed from infertility. (laughs) But I, after Leon, I kind of shared in my first episode that I went on to have two more losses. And those were really hard because it just kind of threw you back. It burst that bubble of happiness that I've talked about. And you're kind of back into feeling man, like when is this ever going to end? Like I thought I beat infertility with getting Leon here. And then I was so shocked to feel such similar emotions and sadness. Um, Karen, I know yeah. you'd shared with us while you were going through this pregnancy. It was it was very eye-opening to like watch you go through and the pregnancy as well as the things Chelsea's experienced. I feel like I've learned so much from you both just like you were saying, like you can't just 
erase the things your heart and your body and your mind have endured. And I wanted to ask you, because you'd shared with us kind of the new fears that came about, not so much maybe of losing the pregnancy, which is always in the back of your mind. I know you'd shared, but after being a mom and experiencing being a mom, maybe talk, can you share with us kind of what that different, you know, feelings and fears came up with that? Yes. And I was so blindsided by those fears because I think my fear was always just obviously losing that precious baby you're carrying. And as I was carrying this other pregnancy, it was actually my seventh pregnancy. It was still very scary to lose it. But as the weeks went on and we got to the weeks of where my other pregnancies besides Leon hadn't made it to, my fears started shifting to oh my gosh, what am I doing? I already have my little Leon here, this sweet little boy who needs his mom. And for some reason, all these irrational fears and anxieties of somehow this pregnancy was going to take me away from him. And I know it sounds so dramatic, but it was a very scary, real feeling that we talk about that imminent death feels it's just imminent and inevitable, it felt like it had shifted from losing the pregnancy to somehow not being able to be there for Leon. I felt like I'm pushing my luck asking for another child and it's it's hard and that was a really heavy part of preparing for delivery and it was it wasn't easy. There were some <laughs> lots of yeah hard days and lo- longest nine months. But I yeah I am so grateful still through all of it. It's hard to channel that gratitude when you're so fearful, but then acknowledging it was everything I wanted and hoped for. Like so many of us in this community who just, that's all they want is that pregnancy. And it kind of feels like that's the end point is get pregnant, you know, because it's so hard through the infertility and the failures there. And so many things where it just feels like once we are pregnant, last week we talked about, you know, once this happens, then I will be happy. Once this happens, then I... And it just life teaches us once we get to that checkpoint, it's like, wow, this is still really hard. And pregnancy, this, and physically, this pregnancy was a lot harder than my full term pregnancy with Leon. So that was a new experience for me. And I gained a whole new perspective and empathy for those who have really hard pregnancies, because I think we can all relate at times where our hearts are breaking and aching for our children to hear other people's having a hard time through pregnancy. And no doubt it hurts. It just hurts because you would give anything to feel that. And now gaining more experience through a hard, it's like, it just, life keeps teaching me empathy and realizing not one size fits all. Well, I think Life gives us opportunities to learn empathy, but sometimes we don't always take those. And I just want to say that that shows your heart because I think part of this journey can be hard learning those lessons. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners, wherever you're at in your journey, to try and find, I don't want to say sugarcoat everything. I don't want to say try to find the silver lining because it sucks and it 
it's not always able to find that silver lining and you don't have to sprinkle sugar on everything to make life feel perfect. But I think what Karen is saying is like, she's learned lessons and then had to learn a new lesson where she felt like she kind of had been validated in a feeling before. And I think life gives us opportunities to learn from our experiences and kind of eat our words, so to speak. Like I hate, <laughs> totally. I hate that, that like term, but like, I know I've had to experience that. And I just don't want people who've gone through this or have been through heartache or are feeling heartache right now. Don't get too attached to one feeling or one perspective, because I think sometimes like we do hold on to it and it's almost like our pride doesn't want to let go. And we just kind of like are with a like I know sometimes I've been like a dog with a bone, like I'm not going to give up. Like, you know, I I used to be really bitter about the fact that I wouldn't carry a pregnancy, but I've also learned that there are some lessons maybe that are personal for me and and reasons why maybe I wasn't supposed to carry or I might not be able to carry. And I can't hold on to that bitterness for forever. And I can be grateful for what I've had. I don't know if this is making sense, no, but no, I, just, I want to kind of reiterate that lessons can come to us and we can let go of a perspective or a thought process that we've held on to. No, I think that's the so perfectly said, Chelsea. And I was just thinking when you were talking, Karen, and obviously your comments to Chelsea, that infertility is a lifelong lesson. I'm mm-hmm. like, as much as we want it to be just this little blip in our story, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it shapes us. It helps us to be more empathetic, which I think is something we all cherish with what we've learned and, and the hard things we've endured so differently. Um, and I think too, we all have hesitated in sharing more updates on our lives because I think we always talk about, well, we don't want it to be about us and our stories and our focus. And, you know, we want the focus to be on infertility and the difficulties and the good and the bad and supporting people. Mm-hmm. And- but I also think we've discussed that having the little glimpses of hope is part of the story, too. Yeah. Even if in your story right now, the hope is like bottom of the barrel, you can't find it. I mean, I think we've all had those moments, right? Like you said, Karen, I've been so hopeless and there was no light at the end of the tunnel. But I just think even if you can remember that someday your hope will come back or there will be that glimpse, like that's what we're trying to share here. And just hearing the miracle of another pregnancy for Karen, a successful pregnancy is just hope that I know that we all need in our lives in any aspect, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm just grateful that we all got to be a part of it and just... It wasn't easy. I mean, I we saw you struggle with your mental health and it was hard. And um, I don't think pregnancy after infertility fixes the pain that has come in the past, you know? I think those are such great points because I, I was actually thinking back to when we recorded my first episode and how it ended was just that feeling of I will continue to fight for my family. And that fight looks different for everyone, but for mine, it was just enduring, you know, so many different pregnancies and so many different outcomes and realize, I mean, and living in that bubble right now and learning how to share my joy as well, not just sharing the pain. Mm -hmm. And I know, I hope everyone can share in each other's joy. And I know sometimes we have to navigate that carefully, but realizing also like Harley said that it's a part of us 
And I am so grateful. And I'm sitting in that gratitude of my two boys, which it's just been so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for, but also realizing, guess what? The road ahead might still be difficult. Might still be on here talking about some right. sad things. And I don't feel like we've 100% figured out my solution or my fix all. I wish I could. I always tell people I wish I could tell you what to do. I know a lot of people come to me who've experienced miscarriages and who know a little bit about my story and they're just desperate to like, please tell me like, what do I do? How do I not ever have to experience this again? And I wish I had a a complete answer. And I've told Carly and Chelsea this time around, we did try a few different things through just some natural supplements. And I do have some genetic mutations that we figured out. Um, and I don't know this pregnancy, this baby, my Luca made it here into our arms and I'm so grateful, but who knows what to say if there's another pregnancy when and how. And so we just have to keep fighting and hoping and praying really dang hard. (laughs) And being cautiously optimistic. (laughs) I feel like the longer we do this, the more I kind of hate that term. (laughs) I'm like, who came up with that word? We need it's a like, rebrand. No, I love <laughs> it though because <laughs> it's such a, it's just like hauntingly relatable. And accurate. And accurate because like it is, it applies to so many aspects of our lives. And I think it just comes back glaring at us every time we look it in the mirror, right? Um, Karen, I want to kind of touch back to what you were saying because I know sometimes when I was in the thick of infertility and you've even shared when you were experiencing loss after loss, sometimes you hold on to someone's story and when you see a success, you do look like, what did you do different? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me something? So do you maybe want to tell us a little bit more about the supplements or maybe we could list them in the, in the episode description instead? I just know sometimes listeners are looking for any sort of Connection. Connection or input or, you know, something that they could try. Sometimes I feel like it's one of those things that if you can find something that you haven't checked off the list, it might be worth looking into. It's like, why not give it a try, right? What have we got to lose? Seriously. Yeah, you should share with us maybe. I mean, I don't know that I'll do a great job. You guys are so scientifically well-spoken, so I might not do a very good job at explaining, but I totally agree. I remember finding strangers on social media who Mm -hmm. experienced similar things to me, and I would like stalk them trying to see like, what did they do? How did they, how did they get, I see their big, beautiful family. I'm like, how did they do it? And so I totally understand that want to just find out some more information. And so actually I remember after my two losses after Leon, um, it was beautiful COVID time, COVID land, (laughs) which was a little bit of a blessing because we were meeting with some specialists just through, um, zoom rather than, and so they actually had more openings and things Mm -hmm. and options that kind of changed the whole world, right? Being able to realize that we can accomplish so much more from the comfort of our home. So we were meeting with some specialists and it was all the same feedback, a little bit discouraging of basically, because at that point, you guys, I was seriously like, I don't know how many more pregnancies I can do. I'm not going into another one without changing any of the variables because it is way too hard. And I know it's hard because some people think you get pregnant whenever we have tried 
which is awesome, except they don't always hold. And so some people would just say, you just got to keep going, going, going. But at that point, I just felt like I cannot keep putting my mind and body through that constant cycle. And so at that point, we were meeting with a geneticist who genetically are um, babies have all been tested and came back that there were no abnormalities abnormalities or or cause for the miscarriage it was just still a giant question which is so frustrating because you want an answer so bad you'd hope i want to justify yeah yeah and it's hard not to go down that rabbit hole of did i do something did i do this or that or could i have prevented that so at this point we were waiting preventing to get pregnant because i just had to put a pause like i can't mm-hmm. just keep doing this like anyone would go crazy yeah <laughs> and so um with this geneticist um we were kind of focusing on me and my different deficiencies and like i said we were really looking into some of my genetic mutations which most everyone has. Mm -hmm. And this particular geneticist was creating um, some supplements to work around my genetic mutation, if that makes sense. So one of my big ones is called MTHFR. And I know Chelsea's kind of touched on that. And that has a lot to do with the body's ability to absorb folic acid, which is very important for Mm -hmm. a pregnancy. And So I was taking a different methylation, so something called a folate acid, um, to help combat this mutation inside of me. So hoping it would kind of not fix my mutation. You can't change your genetics, right? But you can hopefully work around it, which was what we were attempting to do, along with some other supplements working around some mutations. And I I can't say that I felt this huge change of, wow, Mm -hmm. I have so much more energy and all this, which some people say they do when they start down this on this path or this regimen. I didn't feel anything, but at this point, so I was on that regimen for five months before they said to try and get pregnant again. So I started it and I think at four months we started trying and it actually took us um, two months to get pregnant, which normally it had only taken one. So in my mind, I was thinking maybe it did something different. To, I don't know. Again, yeah. a bunch of question marks. I don't know if this is helpful, yeah. but th- that's something that we tried because we had tried all other avenues and IVF in our situation wouldn't even make sense. And I don't know, maybe someone else out there has more information or well, better. They'll probably want your geneticist number. I you know. know. You know. Just please yeah. DM us and I'd be happy yeah. to talk about it. Again, I don't know for certain that that was the fix all, but. It was a variable yeah. that you did something. Something and new. Yeah. yeah. And MTHFR gene mutation is fairly common. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say there's a lot of people, but it is one of the gene mutations that they are looking into more because it is more common in people and it affects the body's way of breaking down a lot of things and absorbing things. And so I would, if you haven't looked into that and you are experiencing recurrent loss or early miscarriage, that's something that my doctor pinpointed with my miscarriages was my MTHFR gene mutation along with a few other things. And so I would look into it if it's something you haven't explored because it's a it's a blood test, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's an invasive procedure, no. but it can maybe point to some answers. 
Yeah. I think the main thing I always think of is just like, what have I got to lose, right? Yeah. I mean, we know what we have to lose, right? But like just exploring any avenue that you feel is right for you to find an answer or maybe because I'm sure if and when you guys do try to have another baby, like you'll probably take the supplements again, right? Because you're like, I don't know, yes or no. Like if it did change something or if it didn't, but now you're probably like, I'm not changing anything that I did. Yeah. Like, I just want to like try again if that is going to be the the solution. But who really knows, right? But so amazing that there's so many ways to, yeah. you know, address certain things. And sometimes there's not ways either. So I don't know. But. Well, and sometimes it's so hard to be in this place where we feel like everything is out of our control and mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do. So if anything, it really did give me some empowerment of like, I'm in control of something. Yeah. And in my personal faith, I believe that God respects our efforts. And I just laid it out there and just said, God, I've tried everything that I can and explored everything that I can. And I've taken on so many pregnancies and I'm like, I don't know what else to give. This is it, you know? And luckily this time it worked. But <laughs> like we said, I just feel like I still feel the same way through all the heartache and loss and now experiencing just the happiest of highs that I still feel the same way that I'm never going to stop fighting for my family. And it's so funny to realize that, you know, there's always going to be a fight for your family and protecting them in this crazy world. And so these lessons never stop fighting to get them here, fighting to keep them safe and good. And it's just, it's all beautiful and hard. (laughs) That's perfect summary. I feel like of all that we've talked about, Um, I think your perspective of learning new lessons and learning new perspectives is something we can all take home and like learn from because I think we, I don't know, I think sometimes we put our blinders on and it's like, this is all I know. This is all I'm ever going to know, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but um, just being open to learning whatever lessons you are being taught by God, by the universe, whatever you believe in, like that's what life is about. And I'm just so grateful that We got another little miracle here. It's just so great, and we're so happy for you. Thanks for tuning in to Cautious Optimism. Find us on Instagram at Cautious Optimism Podcast. Send us a message, leave us a review, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, Keep hoping for the best and stay cautiously optimistic about the future.